with the transfer portal absolutely exploding over the past few days, who are some of the prospects that Kentucky should be looking to pick up before the offseason ends? College football bowl projections are coming out. Kentucky projected to go to the Citrus Bowl, among other places. Who will they be potentially facing in the postseason? Looking ahead to the 2022 football schedule, what should we expect out of the Wildcats next season under Mark Stoops? All of that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You are Locked On Kentucky. Your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all platforms eventually. We will be coming to YouTube. Today's show brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner, and finding the perfect gift can be tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send to friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. On today's show, we're going to be breaking down Kentucky football in the transfer portal. Who are some of the guys that they should be looking at right now? Who are some of the prospects that have entered their name to the portal recently that they should be looking at also, we're going to be breaking down uh, Kentucky football po- postseason projections. We're going to take a look at some of the bowl projections right now. A lot of people think th- that Kentucky is going to the Citrus Bowl and they will face a Big Ten team like they faced Penn State just a couple years ago. Most people think it's Iowa. Going to talk about the different matchups that we could be seeing for Kentucky in just a month or so. And then finally, to wrap things up, This is something that I did not get to do before football season started, which was take a look at the 2022 football uh, schedule. I did not get to look at it with you guys. I was not the I was not uh, the host of Locked On Kentucky at that time, but I really wanted to take a look at it then with you guys. And I want to take a look at it now, just kind of break down some of the matchups that we could be seeing uh, next season. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, also host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Also writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things, but on this show specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. All right, let's get it going here. First things first, the transfer portal. It's been absolutely wild over the past few days. 247 players have entered their name into the transfer portal at the time of this recording, and we've not even gotten uh, to to the end of the week. Absolutely wild stuff after rivalry week. Just so such a fantastic time to be a college football fan with all the things going on. It has been a fantastic college football season, and I think we are going to get, after some wild coaching changes, I think we are going to get a fantastic offseason. We got a really good one this year. I think we're going to get another one uh, in 2022. But the transfer portal. A lot of guys coming in, coming out. I'm going to give you three different players I think Kentucky should go after in the transfer portal. We're going to have two honorable mentions outside of that because they're both from the same school. I don't think Kentucky has a legitimate shot at these guys, but I'm going to talk about them for a little bit anyway. Number one on my list is Brandon Jennings, the linebacker out of uh, of Maryland. And the reason that I have a linebacker at my number one spot is you look at the position Kentucky is probably going to to have some guys leave from this season, I think it's that that linebacking core. Look at the big three. I talked about them on yesterday's show. Look at the big three linebackers for Kentucky. You've got Jacquez Jones. You've got DeAndre Square. 
and then you've got J.J. Weaver. Okay, those are the three guys that you're looking at, the big three in Kentucky's linebacking core. Jones is a senior. Weaver is a sophomore, so he'll come back. And DeAndre Square is a senior. I would expect those two guys to be gone. I don't think they're going to use their COVID year and come back. I think Brandon Jennings, six foot three, two twenty five, out of Jacksonville, Florida, was a four star recruit coming out of high school. I think that he would be somebody that Kentucky would want to look at to kind of fill a hole in that linebacking core. You also can take a look at the fact that he was offered by Kentucky out of high school. So it could be it could be uh, on this coaching staff's mind to say, hey. Let's go and see if we can talk to this guy a little bit. Let's see if we can uh, get him out here to play for the Wildcats. Second guy here, Pierce Quick, is a uh, is a four-star uh, offensive tackle, played at Alabama. He is currently projected to go to Georgia Tech, but I think he would be a nice guy to pick up because of just the prowess that Kentucky has on the offensive line. I think that he would be somebody to pick up specifically for the right side. I believe that there are three guys from from the center position on to the right side, I think there are going to be three guys that are graduating from the offensive line. Let's see if we can get somebody that could potentially play on the right side. I think Pierce Quick would be an interesting player to to pick up, but I will say a lot of teams are looking at him right now. Obviously, as if you're if you're transferring out of Alabama, a ton of teams are going to be looking at you. So that's another guy there. Third guy here, Jordan Watkins out of Louisville. Now you may be saying to yourself, why would a kid from Louisville uh, go to Kentucky? He was just actually trashing uh, one of one of Kentucky's receivers on Twitter just the other day, complaining about, like, I can't believe you came to college just to block and do nothing else. So you look at some of his numbers. He was uh, he had 529 receiving yards, four touchdowns, averaged 15.1 yards per catch for the Cardinals this season. You look at his numbers against Kentucky. He had two receptions for 21 yards. Uh, one of those was a 16-yard catch in the blowout loss in the Governor's Cup. I genuinely, genuinely believe that Kentucky has a shot at this kid because if 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 Wandale Robinson is gone, and I believe Josh Ali will be will be gone as well, I think Kentucky again is going to have to look to the transfer portal to see if they can get an experienced guy that can work with uh, with Will Levis well. So I think Jordan Watkins as a sophomore could be a fantastic pickup, not just for Will Levis this season, but I think he could be a great pickup in addition for whatever quarterback is playing for the Wildcats after Will Levis because Watkins would most likely still be here. He would be a nice, experienced, developed target for the next quarterback uh, that would come through the gates for the Wildcats. So those are the three players that I think that Kentucky should look at. And then I've got two honorable mentions here that go to the same school, play the same position. I don't know if Kentucky has a legitimate shot at either of them. And if you follow college football at all, if you follow the transfer portal at all, you probably have an idea of who I'm hinting at right here. First guy, Jaden, Jadon, don't know how to pronounce his first name. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. Jadon Hazelwood, the receiver out of Oklahoma, had 736 receiving yards and seven touchdowns this season was a uh, was a four-star recruit coming out of high school and he had an offer from Kentucky coming out of high school could be a guy that they look at there and then his uh he uh, he played alongside a, a kid named Theo Wees who did not appear in a game for uh, Oklahoma this season at receiver but was a five-star guy coming out of high school 63 200 pound receiver really incredible athlete had 530 receiving yards for the Sooners last year four touchdowns off of uh, 37 receptions, so it's good for 
yards per catch. Those are the two honorable mentions, and I just bring them up simply because if Kentucky doesn't get Watkins or they don't develop some talent or if they don't get a recruit that that can that can immediately play like Barry and Brown, uh, that can immediately like fill some holes on that in, in that receiving core. I think it would be nice to kind of see if they could get somebody from Oklahoma. I think that would be an interesting uh, interesting prospect, either Theo Wees or Jaden Hazelwood. So that's going to do it for the different guys I think that Kentucky should go after in the transfer portal. And we are going to talk about Kentucky football's bowl projections, where they may potentially be going in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Omaha Steaks. As you all know, the holiday season is just around the corner, and finding the perfect gift for somebody can be tricky. Fortunately, though, Omaha Steaks has the perfect gift for you to give this holiday season. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send to friends and family an unforgettable gift to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use code COLLEGE, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code COLLEGE. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, 100% guaranteed. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword college. All right, so continuing along here on Locked On Kentucky. Again, really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody that, again, we are free and available on all podcast platforms. Be sure to go ahead and subscribe or follow so that you get notified whenever the next episode of Locked On Kentucky comes out. All right, the Wildcats 9-3 and three, projected to go to the Citrus Bowl by everybody and their mother. Not, I'm just kidding. Just m- most of the bowl projections believe that Kentucky's going to be going to the Citrus Bowl. I'll just run down here some of the projections from all the different uh, the the different media sites. So ESPN believes that Kentucky's either going to the Gator Bowl against NC State, or they will be going to the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. The Athletic believes that uh, Kentucky will be going to the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Yahoo believes the same. 24-7 Sports believes the same. Bleacher Report believes the same. Sporting News believes the same. Action Network believes the same. College Football News believes the same. USA Today thinks Kentucky's actually going to the Outback Bowl against Wisconsin. CBS Sports' Jerry, Jerry, uh, excuse me, Jerry Palm also believes the same. Outback Bowl against Wisconsin. And then Athlon Sports believes that Kentucky will be going to play in the Outback Bowl against Wisconsin. Okay, so most of those matchups, all but one, are against a uh, against a Big Ten opponent, whether it be Iowa or Wisconsin. And I'll just go ahead and say, I don't think that the Hawkeyes or the Badgers match up well with, uh, with the Wildcats. And I want to focus on those two here real quick because it looks like it looks like it's going to be one of those two schools. I, I seriously doubt uh, ESPN's Kyle bon, uh, Bonagura has uh, has that projection right with NC State. I seriously doubt Kentucky's going to the Gator Bowl after uh, going nine and three this season. You look at Wisconsin right now on the year eight and four, six and three in conference play. Finished the season uh, with uh, with what was seven straight wins, and then they lost to Minnesota. 
uh, to, to end things 13 to 23. The offense has really, really struggled for the Badgers so far this season, scoring about 25 points, 25.8 points per game. The defense, however, in terms of total yards, I don't know if this is this is true right now, but just last week, they were better than Georgia in total yards allowed per game, but they're giving up about 16 points per game. You look at their quarterback position, and this is really the reason why I think the Badgers might just get blown out by uh, by the Wildcats, is their quarterback position is no bueno. Graham Mertz is the current starter. Nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions on the season. Uh this most most recent game against Minnesota, he went 21 of 38, 171 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. And so you may say, well, Wisconsin's kind of known for running the ball, Lance. Why do you think that the quarterback is going to be the big issue in this game? Wisconsin's averaging 215 rushing yards per game. Yeah, well, so was Louisville. Louisville was averaging over 200 rushing yards per game, and they couldn't get the ground game going against Kentucky and their defense, who is giving up almost 110 rushing yards per game. So I think... If Kentucky were to play the Cardinal or the uh, the Badgers, excuse me, in this bowl game, in the Outback Bowl or the Citrus Bowl or whatever it may be, I think that Kentucky would do similar things to what they did against Louisville. I think they would shut the running game down with their talented defensive line and linebacking core, and I think they would try and make Graham Mertz throw. And you know, if Graham Mertz is not beating Big Big Ten secondaries consistently, he is not going to beat. A Kentucky secondary very easily. He's not going to beat an SEC caliber secondary very easily. This is not some slouch uh, DB group. Kentucky is not some slouch on defense. They're actually pretty dadgum good. So I would take Kentucky in this matchup if they were to uh, if they were to play. By the way, Kentucky giving up 219 passing yards per game uh, on the season. So yeah, I don't think that I don't think that Wisconsin would match up very well. And to be honest with you, I think Iowa may be in a worse spot because their their uh their offense is just a little bit worse, in my opinion, than Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So Wisconsin was averaging twenty five point eight points per game. Iowa's averaging twenty five point seven. They are giving up seventeen point three points per game. So these teams are very similar, I think. They uh, both play really good defense, and their offense is absolutely terrible. Now, Iowa doesn't run the ball nearly as much as uh, as Wisconsin does. In fact, the, the Hawkeyes are only averaging about 121 rushing yards per game. But they're not necessarily doing anything through the air either. They're only averaging 177.9 passing yards per game. So total per game, can, or Iowa is, is, is averaging 299 total yards that is so pathetic I mean that if if Wisconsin's offense could somehow manage to find a way to survive against Kentucky this offense would definitely not and this is the this is the likely projected matchup Kentucky's most likely going to play be playing Iowa in the Citrus Bowl look at the quarterback situation Spencer Spencer Petras nine touchdowns six interceptions on the year 58 percent completion percentage the backup Alex Padilla has played a little bit this year. Two touchdowns, one interception, 46.4% completion percentage. This is not a very good Iowa team offensively. If they can't get Tyler Goodson, who has 1,100 rushing yards for the for the Hawkeyes this season, if they can't get him going, they're not going to find anything. Anything. They may get three. They may get 10 in this game. And while their defense may be good, they've not been turning folks over as good as they were uh, to begin the season. 
So Kentucky's offense should be able to operate just fine against this Iowa defense. I think that either against Wisconsin or Iowa, I think that Kentucky has more dudes. I think they've got more talent, and I think they would just be able to out-physical them defensively, even though both their defenses are very, very sound. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying these are bad teams. I'm just saying that Kentucky, I think, is more talented. I think that they would be able to get more done in the trenches, and I think that is uh, would be the tale of this game. Is that, man, Wisconsin, Iowa cannot run the ball against this team. And it's like, man, Kentucky is not necessarily doing whatever they want to, but they are manhandling them at the point of attack. This is SEC football. This is what Kentucky does so well. This is what well, this is one of the things they did against Penn State. And, and Kentucky didn't have a quarterback in that game. It was Lynn Bowden. So just continue to, uh, if they continue to run the football, Kentucky does the way they, they did against Louisville, who is not the defense, I think, to, to, to kind of compare uh, other schools to. But still, if they run the ball the way that they did last game that we saw, man, uh, their bowl projections right now are against teams that can't keep up with them offensively. So if they if they match up against Iowa or Wisconsin in their bowl game, that could be I'm just I, it, 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 lack of bias could be a blowout. Just looking at the numbers, looking at the way these teams have played so far this year, neither of those teams are going to be able to turn Kentucky over. I don't think, and that would be that would be the other deciding factor out of not playing well. Uh, in the trenches. All right, in just a moment, we're going to look ahead to the 2022 football schedule. This is something I've been wanting to do for quite a while now. Not Did not have the chance to do it whenever it came out uh, earlier this year. want to talk about it in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, so head over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, so wrapping up here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified whenever the next episode comes out. All right, so looking ahead to the 2022 football schedule for Kentucky, I'm not going to lie. You look around the SEC, some of these teams have some really weird schedules. Like Missouri is uh, going to be playing like at Kansas State and at Middle Tennessee to begin the year, which is just weird. I can't remember. I think one team is playing BYU, which is just weird. It like right smack dab in the middle of the season. It's just like, oh, we're playing BYU. Shoot. It's just a, it, there are some really weird schedules out there uh, for the 2022 season. And uh, Kentucky, I don't necessarily feel like is one of them. I feel like this is one of the more normal schedules. So let's go ahead and break it down. They open the season September 3rd against Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio has had some decent teams in the MAC uh, in years past, but you look at this season so far, they are currently six and six, five and three in the MAC. They will be heading to a bowl game, but I don't think this team is anything necessarily that can uh, that Kentucky should be worried about. So that could be a dub to start off the year. Could should be a dub to start off the year. Then they go on the road to Florida. And we all know what Florida's done this season. And while Kentucky's had a really hard time winning 
against the Gators recently. This is a game that I feel incredibly confident about. I do not think Billy Napier is going to be able to be Mark Stoops year one, especially with the way the recruiting's going for Florida right now. Do not think that he's got the talent or the coaching staff, or he will have the coaching staff rather, to uh, beat the Gators, even though that game is at home. Although I will say that's a good opportunity for Florida to kind of kick things off right, to kind of get there, get on their feet and, and approach the season with some confidence if they do get a win against the Wildcats. And then they play, Kentucky does, week three, September 17th, Youngstown State. That's a win. They play week four against NIU. That's going to be a win. Look at NIU right, right now. It's a decent non-conference, or a decent uh, group of five team, eight and four, six and two in the MAC. It's not a, not a bad team. So I'm looking at Kentucky being 4-0, until they they hit October, and then they play uh, at Ole Miss on October 1st. And I think that Ole Miss is too difficult of an opponent to determine right now, meaning like where they're going to be next season, because Matt Corral is going to be gone, right? They're going to get some offensive weapons that are going to leave for sure. Braylon Sanders, I believe, is going to be gone. Dontario Drummond may be gone. Jonathan Mingo may be gone. Snoop Connor, Jerry and Ely, Henry Parrish, all their weapons could be gone. But I think that Lane Kiffin understands how to put the right playmakers out on the fields, and I think he is going to get somebody in the transfer portal. He's going to get somebody. I, I'm actually pretty confident he's going to get some quarterback, whether it's Dillian Gabriel, who right now I think is going to transfer to Ole Miss. It's going to be Gabriel. It's going to be Spencer Rattler. It's going to be it's going to be somebody like that. And so I think Ole Miss, until they until we get word on one of those guys, I think it's going to be too difficult to call whether or not Kentucky can win this game. So I'm going to put this as a 50-50 matchup right now. So 4-1, and 5-0, and oh, South Carolina at home. Shane Beamer should be better with the Gamecocks in year two, but I think that could potentially still be a win. You get Mississippi State at home, and this is, ah, this is a tough, tough game. After seeing the way that the Bulldogs played against Kentucky last or this season, excuse me, I'm already, I'm already looking ahead. Uh, the, seeing the way that Mississippi State played Kentucky this year, that should be a really fun game. Then the uh, the Wildcats get a bye week. Then they play at Tennessee, and then they play at Missouri November fifth. And now we're in November. And I'm not gonna lie, I think that this stretch here, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Missouri, is the uh, most difficult stretch of the season uh, for the Wildcats. And, you know, going on the road to Missouri, I mean, this should be a fun game if if Kentucky's defense is still able to hold. I think that uh, I think that the loss of Tyler Beatty is going to be significant for this Missouri offense. He uh, currently leads the SEC in rushing, has over 1,600 rushing yards. If he's gone, I don't know where Missouri's going. I don't know enough about their program. I don't know if Connor, Connor Basilak to Mookie, Mookie uh, Cooper is going to be just the theory, the the uh, the offensive philosophy that they have, excuse me, for the entire season. But I think that's a winnable game. Can Van, Vanderbilt next weekend, November 12th, that's a win. November 19th at home against Georgia. This is so nice that this game is late in the year. I personally don't think that it's wise to to play Georgia early in the season. Don't think it's wise. We've seen it. What what happens with Clemson? We've seen what's happened with Auburn now that they've moved things around in their schedule. Living in Auburn here, I I can I can tell you with confidence. Yeah, I don't like playing Georgia early in the year. Auburn's not ready to play them. Auburn is not prepared to play Georgia early in the season, and I think Kentucky having to go through what looks like on paper just a not a, not a 
fairly difficult schedule, I think that putting Georgia on the back end so that they're mentally prepared to play, play them would be fantastic. So think about it this way. If you do beat Mississippi State, you're heading into your bye week and you're healing up, right? Then you go play Tennessee. That's going to be tough, right? That's going to be a challenge. But you set yourself up well before that Georgia game. Missouri, Vanderbilt, then the Bulldogs. I mean, that's a great, that's a great way to build into things, right? On the road at Missouri, Vanderbilt at home, Georgia at home. It's a great way to end things. And speaking of great ways to end things, do you get Louisville at home after that? If you're thinking, okay, we could potentially be going to the SEC championship game, what better way to end it than a rivalry game against your opponent or against your uh, against uh, Louisville at home? That would be a great way to end it, especially if uh, if Scott Satterfield's not there uh, at Louisville next season. It could be a great way to end it. So this schedule, I think, sets up really well. You have two challenges early. You got Ole Miss in Florida, and you got Mississippi State, and then your bye week, and you have time time to work on things heading into that Tennessee game, and then you build up Missouri, Vanderbilt, Georgia, and then you have kind of a moment to figure things out before the SEC championship game if things work out that way. I'm not saying that they will. I'm just saying if they work out that way. I really like Kentucky's chances to uh, to get to the SEC championship game simply because Georgia is on the road in Lexington next season. That's all that's I think that's that was my most important takeaway from this conversation I wanted to have is the schedule sets up for Kentucky to be mentally prepared to take on Georgia by the time the season ends. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Do me a favor, go make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at DawPound. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. I will see you all tomorrow. Go Wildcats and God bless.